Hollywood, Florida. Florida Senator Marco Rubio says the problem is connected to something he's seen across Florida. We've lost a number of people now after the aftermath of the storm to generators and generators that are being run too close to the house and too close to the facility. That carbon monoxide gets in and it's deadly. Officials say a criminal investigation is underway at the nursing home. You're listening to USA Radio News. Allergies. Pollen in the air. Dogs in the house. Mold in the basement. Whatever triggers your allergy symptoms, it can really hold you back. Break through with Allegra 5-in-1 Relief. Allegra works fast, won't make you drowsy, provides 24-hour multi-symptom relief, and it's effective every day. Break through allergies with Allegra. Starts working in one hour, use only as directed. Guaranteed or your money back. Visit Allegra.com. Fall is the best time to feed your lawn. With 10% off Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard Fall Weed and Feed and Fall Lawn Food at the Home Depot. Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard feeds your lawn to build strong, deep grass roots for winter when you need it most. So it'll be lush, green, and beautiful next spring when you want it most. Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard Fall Weed and Feed and Fall Lawn Food. 10% off now at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Bowed through October 4th. The police officers acquitted in the Freddie Gray case that were being chased after by the Obama Justice Department not going to be charged by the Trump Justice Department. Gray suffered a spinal injury after being arrested in April 2015 and died several days later. The Justice Department says a review showed there was insufficient evidence to convict the officers beyond a reasonable doubt. Gray's death led to days of protest and unrest in the city. Baltimore prosecutors brought charges against the officers, including one who was charged with murder, but none were convicted. Gray's death led to a Justice Department review that found that Baltimore police unfairly targeted African Americans. The Cleveland Indians now share the American League record for consecutive wins. The Tribe blanked the Detroit Tigers 2-0 in Cleveland last night for its 20th straight victory, tying the 2002 Oakland A's for the longest streak in the junior circuit. Only the Chicago Cubs and New York Giants have had longer streaks in MLB history. The Cubs won 21 in a row in 1935. The Giants won 26 straight in 1916. USA Radio News. Hi, I'm Wayne Alaroot for pre1933.com. I've been the single biggest BBB backer, believer, and buyer of gold for over 15 years. But now I've found a better way to buy gold. I found the Uber of gold. This company, pre1933.com, will forever change the way gold is sold. Pre1933.com is a wholesaler of pre1933 gold. They have no salesmen, zero commission, prices no one can compete with. Call 855-PRE-1933. That's toll free, 855-773-1933, or go to pre1933.com. While the murder rate in Chicago continues to jump, one major U.S. city reporting a significant decline in murders. Here's Jason Cambodonia. The city saw a total of 59 homicides this past June, July, and August, which is far lower than the number of killings typical for that three-month period. L.A. Police Chief Charlie Beck said Tuesday that in recent years, the number of murders in the city during the summer is usually in the 70s or 80s. Officials believe sending extra officers to the neighborhoods hit hardest, looking for guns and focusing on gang-inspired violence is behind the drop. I'm Jason Campadonia. A woman who was struck by a tree while walking in New York Central Park is now suing the city. 
Ann Menaki Goldman has been lying flat on her back, completely immobilized. Her lawyer says the Manhattan mom may never walk again. He's filing a $200 million suit against the city, claiming negligence. A 75-foot elm fell on Goldman as she strolled in the park with her two young boys and a baby. She was able to save them by pushing heavy tree limbs away, but her two-year-old is still recovering from a brain hemorrhage and concussion. Sarah Lee Kessler, New York. ESPN is condemning controversial comments made by Sports Center anchor Jamil Hill in a series of tweets. Hill attacked President Trump, calling him a white supremacist who is unfit to be president. ESPN released a statement saying Hill's views do not reflect those of the network as she understands her mistake. USA Radio News. johnsyndicate.com call 1-888-201-4201 that's 1-888-201-4201 direct from the vegas strip are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the vegas wise guys the same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5 10 20 dimes a game on week in and week out Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. All right, folks. Coming to you from Las Vegas, it's Sports Insiders Radio, and we're fired up to get you ready for a big weekend in football. Brian Blessing, uh, happy to be with you. Check out sportsinsidersradio.com. And we've got our good friend, John from johnsyndicate.com. He's in Las Vegas. Our good friend, Mike, he's in Baltimore. We've got a special guest coming in. We've got a lot of great football information to disseminate to you. From a wagering perspective, let's say hello to our good friend, John. Always good to see you, bud. Here we go again. How was that first week of NFL football for you? That was bizarre, wasn't it? I think there were... Four good games, well, and the rest of them were boring and mundane. But well, at the end of the day, for what we want to do, all that matters is the result. Absolutely. Well, let's get the uh, statistics of Week One out of the way. Seven, seven, and one favorites versus dogs. Parity down the middle. They want parity in the NFL with the point spread. Seven dogs covered. Seven favorites covered. One tie with the Monday Night Denver game. And it sure seemed like, for the most part, the defenses were ahead of the offenses. And the minute you're sitting there going, okay, uh, you know, watch out for these low-scoring defensive deals, all of a sudden, believe me, they start to click. Because the one thing that happens in the NFL that I don't think enough people take stock in is these guys are still playing themselves into football shape. Preseason football is such a travesty that it should only be two games. 
There's no way they should be playing four football games. You think of the massive injuries that occurred of the Giants right out of the gate. Beckham isn't playing because he gets hurt in a meaningless preseason game. But the guys aren't in shape either. I mean, they're sucking wind in the third and fourth quarter of these games. All of a sudden, things will change in week three, four, and five. Absolutely, and you have to always look at the fact that the spreads, and Mike's on the air right now, they're always over, they're inflated, especially on the favorite side. So the games where you had huge steam, um, Cincinnati Bengals from one and a half to almost three because Flacco didn't play, the Houston Texans coming back home for their first game, both doozies. If you follow these line moves, you're going to get killed earlier in the, early in the season. Well, and then there are the other things about – when you bet is almost as important as uh, who you bet. Uh, in, uh, our friend Mike's back in Baltimore. I'll throw a game at you, Mike, that, trying to be ahead of things. Literally out here in Vegas, for months on end, we talked about the Buffalo Jets game. And that was a number that sat six and a half for the entire summer and said there's no way that game won't go through seven up to eight. Uh, simply because the Jets were going to be so bad. I mean, the, the Bills should never be favored a touchdown over anybody, but the Jets are so bad. And then McCown got hurt, and because he got hurt in a preseason game and he still ended up playing, that game steamed up to 9, 9.5. Doesn't the game fall 9 at the end of the day? So had you bet that game back in August, literally once it got so overinflated and got the 9.5, you could have come back and got a small piece of the Jets, and you'd have caught both sides of the equation. Well, that and, you know, the Jets this season, they're pretty much rebuilding. They let go of everybody. They've pretty much got rid of all those high-ticket, you know, defensive players. So they're rebuilding. So it's going to be tough because all their lines this year are going to be a touchdown plus, and it's going to be a very hard differential if you're going to take them early in the week they're playing a lot of new guys. I mean, they have all these new guys. Their receiving core is completely revamped. You don't know if McCown is going to bring it or not because, like you said, he's hurt. So the lines are going to be inflated, and they're going to be double-digit dogs most of the season. And I just personally, especially when they're at home, I wouldn't take them because you just don't know which team is going to show up. Then the other thing we get, Mike, is the – reaction from what you saw in week one. I mean, the NFL is a different animal. We, we got a lot of college football information. We're going to focus on the SEC, some of the big games that are, that are coming up in college football. But the reaction from week one to week two in the NFL, that's where the reaction is because basically for the first time you're getting to see these guys play for 60 minutes. So now we know how bad uh, the Colts are without Andrew Luck. Uh, I think there are distinct questions about what's going on with Cincinnati. I think you give Houston uh, a pass, and we'll find out what happens with them Thursday because they had to deal with Hurricane Harvey. So we'll get more information on those two teams come Thursday. Then Jacksonville, as good as they look, now they're going home. And I always say this, uh, your thoughts and prayers are with the people in Texas and in Florida. But based on what it is we're here to talk about, those things that happen and occur off the field uh, have dramatic impact what will ultimately happen on the field. So Jacksonville's feeling their oats uh, after going in and stomping on Houston. But now they've got to go home, and they're dealing with uh, incredible distractions in the Jacksonville area now. And Tennessee's coming off a loss, and we know the motivation for teams that know if they go 0-2, uh, they have a 12% chance of making the playoffs. So now you see Tennessee a 2.5-point favorite on the road to Jacksonville. We're always 
trying to massage the numbers and see what the thought process uh, with the odd ma- odds makers is and then what the reaction from the betting public is to find that market number. Well, that and especially like New England, they're coming off a loss. They're going to New Orleans. I mean, like we talked about before, that game is going to shoot over. I mean, they have no defense on both sides where, you know, New England really doesn't have any leadership on defense, which is going to be a big key for them this year. That might be their downfall. They're still going to have a good year, but defensively they can't stop anybody. And, you know, New Orleans is going to just run up and down the field because they're all on turf and they play well. And, again, that number on the road is seven. It's going to probably go up because nobody believes that Breeze is over the hump. He's not going to be able to, you know, bring it anymore. And he really doesn't have that much talent around him. And Peterson is washed up. And, they, you know, they had that whole scurry on the sidelines. So a lot of compelling matchups, especially this week, with teams like, you know, Jacksonville coming home, like you said, that team has one of the best defenses that I've seen in the league this year. They have a lot of first-rounders like Joyner. He had a pick six last week. I mean, their team is stacked with a lot of young talent, and I could see that's one of the teams going into the year that I had a lot of confidence in. And as long as Bortles you know, gets out of the throwing three, four interceptions a game like he's done in the last couple of years, I think they're going to have a phenomenal year. All right, and to that end, to talk about that specific topic, we're very happy to be joined by Kenny White, our good friend. Uh, many, many years in Las Vegas, the top odds maker uh, that has done a great job in terms of making the opening number, uh, power ratings that are exceptional, uh, basically figures that go to the second and third string left guard that could make a difference in terms of the wagering number. Kenny, good to see you. How you doing? football season another football season and we're ready to rock and roll uh how have things changed kenny the games the you, you think of uh college football and uh, you know, pass happy offenses i know there there you have to adapt from the odds making perspective but we've gone from run and stop the run three yards in a cloud of dust that we watch high school kids uh, that are playing pro-style offenses or pistols and shotguns. and It seems like throwing the football is so much more uh, prevalent in this day and age. What kind of adjustments has that made for you? I guess you just have to keep up with the times. Um, you know, it, it, it really matters more to the total, I think, than it does the sides because both teams are going to be passing, but it's how well somebody's going to be efficient throwing the football. And you're right, it is. It's a passing league. Professional football is a passing league. College football is a passing league. Uh, I'm going to try to pull the stats up here, but the one thing I was surprised about college football this first weekend was the game slowed down for some reason. I mean, everybody's up-tempo offenses and things like that, but I don't know. Every box score I looked at, I was amazed how few plays there were in games. So um, NFL this weekend was a a crazy weekend. 0-6 for the Westgate Super Contest. I wasn't much better than that. Uh, it was a weird weekend. For um, amazing for the line to be up since April, and the books to do that well. Right? Well, How do you wrap your arms around Cincinnati throwing well, a bagel at home? Now Baltimore. Well, how many times? Very, how many, very good. How many defensively? I disagree. I think Baltimore is one of the five worst teams in the NFL. Teams, but teams. their defense. Their is defense good. is their strength. Yes, it is. But it's it's still. I don't think they're in the top ten defensively. But everybody bet Cincinnati this week because last week they should have scored 28 points and they got zero. I don't know how many interceptions he threw in the red zone, but I think 
Cincinnati was in the red zone like five or six times and turned it over three or four times. So if if and butts, candy and nuts, everybody has a Merry Christmas, he throws three touchdown passes, the final score is probably thirty five to seven Cincinnati. Well, to that point, uh John on the weekend, uh I'm watching the Louisville North Carolina game and I have the over in that game. And it's still in, in fine shape at halftime, but I sent you a text with about six minutes to go in the second quarter and said they are not playing a lick of defense. Be ready to jump on the over in the second half because twice the, there was a well there was a fumble in the red zone and twice the Cardinals went right down the field and settled for a chip shot field goal. And sure enough, the second half's a track meet because there wasn't a lick of defense. Uh, and, and that's to Kenny's point. You, you, as you watch these games, well, and you can go up and down the field, and he, he's sitting there saying, hey, the Bengals pitched a, a bagel, but they went up and down the field. There were mitigating factors to the point where now the total gets shaded down in their games, and maybe even their power rating comes down a bit. But that was a one game with a myriad of factors and anomalies inside the game. Well, that goes back to in-game trading. And as you know, uh, Mike's at the office right now in Baltimore. And you, if you're listening to this radio show and you want to get these games that Kenny and Brian send me at halftime, the, in, the game within the game, call the special number for all radio callers at 1-800-209-1679. And let's not be remiss. And remember, you can access Brian's selections at theinsidersgame.com. That's theinsidersgame.com. You can access Kenny's selections at oddsxfactor.com. You can go log into a website each and every morning and get the selections online. But when you want to get those plays in the in in real time, I know that Kenny's sitting here. He watches the games. You're watching the games. And how much time do you both decide? I'm going to ask you both this. Do you decide you're going to put on a half halftime play when you're watching the game is it with five minutes left in the second quarter one minute left in the second quarter sometimes you guys will text me and i have seconds to get these games in well i think it's a fluid thing is it not kenny i mean that like that specific instance i it was six seven minutes left in the quarter i called you said listen they're not playing one iota of defense in the game but you know all of a sudden you've you've got to be able to adjust because we know what the final two minutes in the half of a football game is let's focus on let's say the nfl with the two-minute warning and the timeouts, and they go to two-minute offenses, a half could be played uh, entirely one way, and then because they get in that two-minute drill, all of a sudden you could get 10, and if there's a turnover, 17 points in the final couple of minutes. So it's a moving target, but you get a read on what they're doing, and they go between the 20s, and they're just, uh, for whatever reason, guy dropped the touchdown pass, or uh, they fumble a shotgun snap, but there's goofy things that happen. Uh, penalties. It, it could happen and take somebody out of, out sure. of you know, holding penalty, whatever, uh, on pass interference. So, um, I think that uh, the most value there is in sports right now is, it used to be, I thought, halftime betting, but now it's in-game wagering. Yes. So, you don't have to wait till the half. You, you can get it at that six-minute mark, six minutes to go. It's time to you know jump on this game over because the original total was 45, and it's down to 36-and-a-half now only because they missed five opportunities in this game and they should have scored. So, um, yeah, I, the most value, I think, of any play is when you can watch and see what's happening and then jump it. By the way, real quick, yeah, glad to have you. Kenny and I do the – Thursday Night Lights football games on television in, in uh, Las Vegas. It's the uh, featured high school game of the week. We've been doing it for a long time. Well, more than 100 games. Uh, yeah, we got a plaque <laughs> last year. But 
I, I hope you were thinking of me. I don't know if you'd seen it, but I just started cracking up. I, I, and he is the biggest offender. But it has now bled itself out into all, all walks of the college game. Uh, how many times do we say on the, the high school broadcast, it, it's one of my big pet peeves, is that the ball's an inch from the goal line. It's two inches from the goal line. And Mike Leach is the biggest offender. He almost cost himself the game the other night. They had the ball at the two-inch line, and they snap it back six yards in the shotgun to run out of it, and the guy loses two yards. He did that twice, and it almost cost them a game. For the love of God, I don't understand how you can't well, say, okay, we do all these things, but there are going to be instances in a game where I need a foot. Yeah, yeah, but, You've got to have a short-yarded but, but package. I watched the second half of the Cincinnati Bengal game, and it was the same thing in that Bengal game. They kept getting the ball. They have seven opportunities to score a touchdown the Bengals, and they get right to the goal, and they couldn't do a thing. But, I mean, but it goes from college, high school, all the way up to the pros. But specific to that, how do you not – it's football 101, right? I mean, a quarterback sneak. I mean, you have offensive linemen, you have centers, you have a quarterback. The ball's an inch from the goal line. But these are things that just frustrate you. And, and on Twitter, people are like, I was like, you know, I was going nuts on Twitter. People, ah, look at the score. Oh, great. You won the game, but you should have won the game. You could have yeah. lost the game because of that stupidity. I, I It blows my mind that. When we said for years their clock management was so bad, it's starting to improve because they're hiring people that yes. it's got to be on the sideline. These head coaches don't even know they can't even manage the clock, let alone that. And it's it's crazy. They're I guess they're just so genius at what they do that they're dumb at other parts of the of the game, and maybe that they're just so stubborn and they're they got such well, huge egos. This is my offense, and it works this way. But I agree with you a hundred percent. Why snap the ball back six yards when you're on the half inch yard line? You know, it's right there. It doesn't matter if you don't want to run a quarterback sneak. You still hand it off to the running back, and he dives over the top. I I just don't know why that's well. You're not going to lose yardage with the quarterback. Understand? No, no, you're not going to lose yardage. You're right. You don't lose that two yards if you didn't get it, and you get you get stopped. You no. you, you try it again. Right, thank so, you for letting me voice my my no pet problem. Piece. So let's talk about betting as a business and people listening all around the country. Key numbers. Kenny obviously is a line maker. You both do your research when you look at games that pop over key numbers. How how much of that early on, for instance, Texas Tech opened at 6.5, they crossed over, they're now 7.5. You get a lot of these games that are basically early in the week, unless you're a sharp player in Vegas doing this for a living. Washington State opened at 19, they're now 21. So you're sitting on these multiples of three. How If you're on the favorite side, the minute, let's say, that crosses to 21.5, are you going to just take the dog as, as good value, or are you going to stay with it and lay the bad number if you can't buy that half a point? To me, it's what I made the game. If if I make Washington State 27 and it goes from 19 to 21, I'm still probably, if I missed it, I'm still going to lay the 21 if it's still a play. Um, so up to me, it's all about value because, and everybody, we're all here about value. So it's not just me about value. So let me take that back. We're all about value and we all have different perceptions of value. Um, some people would think, well, line went from two and a half to three and a half. I can't lay it. Mm-hmm. Me. <laughs> so I made it 10. I still think there's value laying a three and a half because I think the game should be 10. And another person may have made it three and says, well, there's no value. Another person makes it pick and they say, well, I'm going to take the three and a half. I got, I got great value. But there is value there because 
there's one value one way or another. The the move from two and a half to three is like a four well, percent move. Let's look at Clemson Louisville this weekend. The game opened up at two and a half. It's now three and a half, so it already crossed through. Another thing I was going to ask. So that's about eight percent. Okay. By okay, the so, way, so if you're going if you're going to play um, Clemson, and you think Clemson's a play at minus two and a half, you probably have a sixty percent chance to win that game. Once it goes to three, now you have a 56% chance to win that game. Now it goes to three and a half, you probably have about a 51.5% chance to win the game. And specific to that game, I would say that there are properties in town that post numbers very early on, uh, games of the year. And over at the Superbook, specifically that game, way back when, Louisville was a one-point favorite. That was the opening number. That has now gone up to, as you're, you're three calling, and three and a half. Uh, I, I can envision that number at some point starting to come back down to three. I don't know that there's enough steam that gets below the key number of two and a half. But in terms of uh, you know, putting stock in opinions, uh, that, you know, and you're hearing the, the guy saying, listen, we still believe in our number uh, in that spot, but it's a market number now because it's been up. Uh, let me ask you uh, both, since on Monday Night Football, what I've been doing is when games are laying up to three, I've been, I've been treating it like a baseball game. Like, for instance, Denver, I just took the money line. So I didn't sit there and push like everybody else. For me, under three, why not just lay the money line and just let them win you, the Well, you're right. You're, well, you've got more key numbers going for now. One, two, and three are all key numbers in the NFL. Exactly. More than ever. So many games are falling one and two that it, it's crazy. So... I agree with you. Um, I, I I like that strategy. I'd rather lay the money line. You're going to put, put up more money to win the game, but I think you're going to end up winning more bets. Mike, what are some of the things that you focus on? Because I'll tell you what, I mean, we can go through a myriad of circumstances. We're already, in, for some teams, week three uh, in college football, the majority of teams. Uh, and we're already to the point where, and I think it's more prevalent in college football than the NFL. But we're in revenge spots. We're in look-ahead spots. We already had a couple of those instances last week where Army was looking ahead to play in Ohio State, uh, and they struggled against Buffalo. Ohio State's now in a letdown spot after losing to Oklahoma against a team that's tough to prepare for in a one-week situation. So you're trying to you know read between the lines and massage all these things. And those are just two angles, and there are probably a hundred of them that are out there. What are some of your favorites? Well, especially like when now that the divisions are being played, and like last week we talked about where USC struggled in Week One, and then they came home and they smashed Stanford and. Everybody thought that USC was not going to be as good as they were preseason when they came to play. And now this week they're at home laying 17 against Texas. Texas got rolled by Maryland in week one. And now they're in a position where they're traveling all the way to the West Coast. And USC is one of those teams this year. They have the offense to keep up with anybody in the league. Where everybody thought Ohio State is going to be the team to challenge Alabama this year. I predicted before the season started, USC has one of the best shots if they went out to battle Alabama in the playoffs. So you can find some really good spots across the league now that, you know, you can't really play the games that early. Last week where the weather was such a factor where so many games were canceled, it's still a factor going into a weekend like this one coming up where you really have to monitor a lot of those things because the players, they're so young. It's, so, it's not like the NFL where you know what, who they are. They're playing so many new guys. A lot of freshmen are getting a lot more rotation now that they had a couple because they don't have a preseason. A lot of games are under the belt. So you can really decipher a lot of easy games with the obscure matchups going on. Kenny, let me ask you about a college game here, Mississippi. 
uh, and Cal. Uh, both of these teams, you know, what we're dealing with on the field is one thing. We know uh, Ole Miss has issues off the field, but they're out there. They come out of the gate. Uh, they find a way, win two games. They beat South Alabama 47-27. Struggled with Tennessee Martin, but they get the win 45-23. Now they got to travel and they got to go out to Cal, who pulled off one of the big upsets, beating North Carolina in week one. We're seeing Mississippi a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The one thing everybody's looking for are points in this game. The total on the game is 72. Yeah, that's the Mississippi offense has been great so far. Uh, Matt Luke uh, stepped in as the interim head coach here. Shea Patterson, uh, a huge game. I think he had a, the biggest game in, in Mississippi history, uh, more passing yards than any other quarterback. So uh, the offense is dynamic. California. Uh, their new head coach, Justin Wilcox, has kept in place the up-tempo offense, which I was kind of surprised because he's more of a power-running guy. Um, but you know what? They, they still don't have the weapons. Uh, Mississippi, the better football team by about a touchdown, uh, talent-wise. But I tell you what, Justin Wilcox has gotten a lot out of California, and I'm really impressed. But we'll see if he can do it against a, a team like Mississippi. Now, Mississippi stepping up. They haven't played anybody yet. This will be the best well, team they've played. Well, there's, there's two questions I want to ask you spe- specific to this game. Uh one, and, and maybe bloom this out to all teams, uh, I think it's very curious with you know teams like this where you're playing inferior opponents and you're looking at your schedule coming up. And I want to talk to you about the look ahead because they got Bam in the on-deck circle, and that's for starters. Uh, but the good teams, when they're playing you know some of these inferior foes in the first two weeks before they get into conference play, how much of a grain of salt do you take these games when you watch them? Because I think the reality of it is that some of these teams are probably only using 20 to 25% of their playbook just because they're the better football team. And why give away all the goodies uh, that you're going to be able to pull out of the drawer in a couple of weeks against the teams you know you're going to be hard-pressed to beat? So you know, can you go between the lines and take those kind of early efforts with a grain of salt on the premise that they're not throwing everything out there. Well, I think it goes both ways. Uh, your opponent may have done the same thing. Um, Cal played North Carolina first week and, and played great, so they probably used everything they had. But they're, they're also probably throwing in new wrinkles each week. I agree with that, and I would say maybe the percentage is a little bit higher. But you know what? You're right. If a, play A, B, and C are all working – against a weak team, why not keep running them? You know, just keep running them and running them and running them and get really good at those plays because they're working and you're winning the football game and that's all that counts. And you're right, uh, you know what, in practice this week we're going to work on, you know, the rest of our playbook and, and we'll, we'll add that in next week. But this week I think both teams' full playbook will be in, 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 in you know, they'll be adding every you know some plays during the week, but I think they'll use the entire playbook. One more thing on Ole Miss, and, and, and just again it's, a, it's kind of a blanket thing for college football as well. We're already in the spots where you've got look-ahead games. Now, the good news is here for Mississippi, Alabama's in the on-deck circle, but it's 14 days away. So so I'm wondering how much does that diminish that look-ahead factor. But we saw it last week, and I know you've always been, and I think it's been great information forever, that the one thing you always get out of the military academies, the armies, the navies, and the air forces of the world, is they're more disciplined, for the most part, than other programs, and uh, focused, and they never quit. That's the one thing. That being said, even someone as disciplined as Army, and we said this before the game last week, they couldn't help, and it happened. But look ahead, knowing they were playing Ohio State next week, they were life and death to beat a very pedestrian Buffalo team. So, you know, the look ahead 
in terms of how is that from the odds makers' point of view? What kind of shade is put on those numbers? It's built into the number, right? Well, everybody's a little different. I actually have Buffalo rated pretty decent, and that was one of my winners last week in college football. Buffalo plus all those points. I had them in week one. Um, I believe they played what they play Minnesota. They had Minnesota. I thought that was their, way too many points. Their defense points. is good. Their offense can't get out of their own way. Yeah. So, but you know what? They do play good defense. So, yeah. um, and you know, you're, the, tell you what, you hit it right on the head with the service academies. The thing you get out of them every week is is focus because they don't have the normal college life. This is not college. They're going to work every single day. These are 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old kids going to work. They don't go to school. They go to work and they practice football. And if you just you don't you don't get out of line there. So those kids are mature. They're they're more focused and they know what they want to do and they're all smart too because those three you you have to be a valedictorian to basically get in so there's no 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 kids that got three even mostly in those schools you got to have a three five or better um, so you got a bunch of smart kids as well that really helps uh, the process that they can execute because they are that smart. All right, it's Sports Insiders Radio coming to you from Las Vegas, and the website's up and running. We got sportsinsidersradio.com. If you want to get direct information from Kenny, you head over to oddsxfactor.com. Brian, you have your information available at theinsidersgame.com. And as always, you can get me direct by going to johnsyndicate.com. And as always, like I said, game day is when you guys, like you said, Kenny, you've been more into the in-game live trading. I think a big mistake a lot of people do is they bet it and forget it outside of the state of Nevada. And, uh, they have the technology now that they can actually do more of the in-game, more of the second-half stuff. Interesting stats, by the way. Week one in the NFL, excuse me, in college football, 88-68 and 68 if you guys just took every dog straight up. Up 20 games. Here's a key number for you. 59%. That was the number that kept coming back. So you were 59% against the spread. If you took all the dogs at 88 and 68, you were 59% against the spread. If you took every under in college football, you were 92 and 67 since the beginning of both weeks combined. So you're talking about 60% with the dogs, 60% with the unders, and then the record even gets stronger if you're talking about um, the home team dogs. It's just amazing. How could you lay the wood in these games? Well, there's going to be adjustments made. <laughs> right, right, every, right. Every, week's well, a little, every week's a little different. And that's my question to you. Uh, having done this for so long at such an incredibly high level, the adjustments that are made, um, NFL, week one to week two. Uh, I think this year it's going to bleed out a little further. But college football, the adjustments are made week one to week two can be substantial. But they'll be continually made in some instances, into week three and week four. I, you know, I think what you look at, a lot of these things, and I, I know there are things you and I have always had the discussion. There are some things we agree on and some things we disagree on. You know, what, where should value be placed uh, you know, uh, in the wagering line? I don't think enough stocks put in the coaches. A special teams, a third of the football. If a team's always winning the field position battle, uh, that enhances their chances to win. So there are, I still think, some holes and some cracks in the armor to try to find an opportunity out there. I think other things, Kenny, you look at new coaches. Oh, this guy's going to come in and fix things. Oh, Tom Herman. All right, at Texas. This guy didn't get stupid overnight. Now, they've not come out of the gate very strong, but it may be one of these things where it takes him a month 
to get that message through to these yep. kids. It could be an offensive and defensive coordinator who's completely revamped the system and the kids are just making mistakes. All of a sudden in week five, it's a completely different team because they finally get it. The light bulb went off. Yeah, that's the, you know, the, that's the, that's really where you make money in this business betting sports is knowing the coaches, seeing how they play, making the adjustments, believing if they're good or not. I'm, I've got a game this week that I think one team is two touchdowns better talent-wise than the other team, but the other team, the home team is 14-point favorite. I think the visitors two touchdowns better. i got a 28-point difference. Now, that's at the beginning of the season. I've made adjustments since then, and I'm talking about Baylor at Duke. And right. You guys can get that game by calling one eight hundred. Well, you're getting it right now. Two zero nine. He just one gave, six. He just said nine. it. Well, he gives you. Well, and that's one of many. It's one of many, but it's yeah. early. It's early, and, it's, and these lines and, and, can move. But these are the opportunities that you, you got to kick out there because, who, again, I mean, what Baylor's gone through. Right. Um, and by the way, um, Duke. They still have a ton of talent. You know their quarterback is Anu Solomon. Yeah. They, they, Former Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas and then went to Arizona. I mean, he didn't get bad overnight. He had a horrendous game last week. And and you know what? I was listening to you guys last week, and John brought up UNLV getting beat at home. Man, I love And he game. said the next week, they, they, they're going to – the line's over-adjusted. Um, they, they did and they're going to win. The, they destroyed them. It wasn't it was, even close. How, I don't understand how everybody wasn't on them. And again, after I made adjustments, beginning of the season, you asked me what I make the line. Well, I got UNLV four and a half over Idaho, Idaho State. Right. And the uh, line comes out oh, six no. and a half, seven. No, that, that was before the Howard game. Now the Howard game is right. played, and now you got to make adjustments. My God, the offense is Six and a half ready. the other way. Yeah. But, you know, teams don't – everybody recovers differently, and everybody – UNLV made the adjustment, and they got there the next week. Ten, Tennessee Titans. I watched them in week three, uh, preseason against the Bears. Their offense was in disarray. Week four, I went under, went easy with them because they couldn't score again. It bleeds into the regular so, season. Their offense stunk the first week of we, the regular season, Listen, too. we have a lot of guys that, you know, in, especially in the southeastern United States, football is in a sport, it's a religion. When you look at guys, like you look at games like Alabama, like I said last week, I was on the dog. They didn't even score this point spread. They barely scored. Yeah. They, they, so these games are so, when you look you at You brought it, up a good point. I, when you said, I was listening to you, said, anytime I see a favorite of 45 or more and the total's only seven points higher, I'm taking well, the dog. So I'm looking at Alabama this week again, 38 and 54. The line's 38, the total's 54. It just seems like you got to well, just... Well, that's a little bit bigger spread than what you had last week. Yeah, exactly. But well, I mean, UNLV was favored 45, and they didn't score 45. No. <laughs> but the total in that game was, I think, I went over in the game. I think it was like 67 and a half. Big, and you know why I went over? I know Tony Sanchez likes to run up scores when he's got a lead. And I figured, well, if he gets a lead on Howard and he's supposed to win by 45... Um, they they could score twenty eight in the fourth quarter. So well, let me let me throw one out there and another SEC game, uh, which I think is pretty interesting. And again, you can have power ratings, but then there are intangibles in certain situations. Uh, as long as I've been out here, Kenny, I've always focused on, and they you have some teams, and I know the numbers are the numbers, but some teams, history repeats itself, and they're in incredible trends. And that's Mississippi State when they are at home and they're playing under the lights. They have played some incredible games defensively, and they are a beast as a home dog, specifically under the lights. Uh, here's LSU coming in, laying a touchdown. You got Orgeron in there, trying to get the LS thing, LSU thing rolling. But I'm telling you, the fact that we always talked, the, the irony is who they're playing here, because for many years, it was always like, oh boy, 
You're playing in Baton Rouge, playing under the lights, LSU. That was a well-known one. The one that's not known is how tough Mississippi State is under the lights at home. That's a, And it's sitting on a key number. Now it's in that part of the country that John just said. It's a religion. It is a religion for football in that area of the country. And you know what? Night games, those folks have been... They've been drinking that. <laughs> it started yesterday. <laughs> moonshine, and they are they are ready to roll, and they are they are active. They're loud, and they are strong fans, and they're good for their good for their team. And Mike is back but again. In we're Baltimore talking. With we're, us. we're talking key numbers. That's why if you're listening to this and you're in that part of the country, you got to call the office because again, look at the for instance the Mississippi State LSU game. The line opened up at six and a half. It's now seven. I mean, you, you these games in that. You, any key number game is the game that I say you got to – unless you know what the line should be, albeit Kenny. Go ahead. What were you going to say to Mike? Uh, Mike, I was just going to say, you know, back in Baltimore, that's the other thing. You know, knowing your region, uh, and sometimes there's a comfort level. We always warn people and say don't the, the kind of the tried and true mantras that we always say out here is don't overreact to what you last witness, and you don't have to – bet the game that's on TV because it's the game that's on TV. There are better opportunities that are out there. Uh, in your neck of the woods, uh, you know, Maryland's gotten off to a decent start. Uh, you've got a grip on the ACC. You know about the Ravens. Uh, when it gets to college basketball, it could be Towson State. I mean, it, you know, sometimes you know, you've got to go with the things that work for you over the course of time as well. Well, that and, you know, that's the backyard play and the advantage of being here and knowing which teams play better and a lot of these teams that travel across the country, and we talk about this on the radio all the time, the travel schedule for these college teams are immense. So you really have to follow that as well. If they're traveling all the way across the country, they're not here for the entire week like the NFL. So you could get a lot of value where the line might not be adjusted enough. Where you could find a lot of value if you know that the travel schedule, they've been going back and forth um, you know, across the country multiple weeks. Kenny, are there a handful of teams... Uh, on or against uh, after a few weeks now that you've looked at that either your opinion has been enhanced or you say, oh boy, because I see something here, I'm going to have to make a massive adjustment, but I believe in uh, that one instance that maybe I I had a misguided opinion on early on. You make the adjustment that it reaps rewards for you down the road. Well, I would say there's maybe two handfuls of teams, that, yeah. you know, in, in college, maybe three handfuls on both sides that, that there's definitely 20 teams that have played well better than what I thought they would. And there's probably 20 that played way worse than I thought they would. NFL, same way, probably six or seven. But, you know, it, it you just have to make the adjustments. You got to be careful um, that you, you know, you dot all your I's and cross all your T's when you're when you're going over the data in each game and. So well, well, so here's the thing: we have over a hundred years of winning experience combined sitting here at this radio station, right? Everybody's been in the business thirty years minimum. The average guy that's listening to this radio show and he's shaking his head, saying, "Why me? Why me?" He can't seem to beat the spread. I go back to parity before you walked in, Kenny. Last week, the favorites and the dogs in the NFL seven seven and one one push on the Denver game, so they got it right down the middle. And what I think is, people get too 
involved in statistics and trends and they go well i'm going to bet all the uh, the dogs like we were talking about earlier or i'm going to bet all the overs but what i want to know is when you see huge line moves the biggest line move on the board right now outside of the southeast is the wisconsin game when you have these teams ranked in the top 25 they get extra money thrown in on them but how many of these line moves early are fake they go it goes from 13 crosses over a key number of 14 and now it's at 17 i you know i'm going to guess 25 maybe 20 to 25 percent of the moves early moves are fake 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 yep. fake so if you're listening to that take that free information don't log onto the computer don't see a line move and then chase it it's like buying the stock at the highest price possible i mean if you love the wisconsin minus 13 you can't really love them i mean unless you again you made your line at 40 um at 17 i see so many people middling the opening number and the closing number i, I gotta ask you because we did uh, several seminars here in las vegas during the season and there were uh, situations and, and they're not blanket statements because you're talking weeks out, but areas where you could target. Specific, I bring the Army thing up again because we had talked about uh, added the look-ahead spot to Army, uh, but uh, we had talked about Ohio State to have one week to prepare for an offense that's tough to play in. Now you pile on the letdown factor that we had said t- next week UNLV's playing Ohio State. So Urban Meyer, uh, again, if they struggle again this week, uh, here's poor UNLV going to walk out there and, and walk into a buzzsaw. Another one that we've talked about for months, and I'm literally, my jaw is dropped, and I wanted to get your take on this, was Oregon and Wyoming identified this as possibly the total of the year. You know, they would, I don't care what they hang, I think they'll score 100 points in this game. And But looking to it, it was... I, I really hope the Iowa game, because they have a great defense, that that's a lower-scoring game that could somehow deflate the total a little bit two weeks down the road for the Oregon game. Well, Oregon, if anything, offensively has gotten even better. Taggart's an offensive coach that's come over from South Florida. And here's Wyoming with Josh Allen, who could be you know, a lottery pick. He could be the first pick of the draft. They lose to Iowa, only scored a field goal. And then against Gardner-Webb, they win in very pedestrian fashion, 27 nothing. But that was a look-ahead spot for them. So now I come and I'm looking at this total, and it's 67.5 is the projected opening number. It's down to 59.5. I'm, I'm, my jaw is on the floor. How do they not score 80 points in that game? I watched him in the first game, Josh Allen, and, and what you just said was he could possibly be, what, a first-round draft pick? Yeah, that's what a lot of people were saying. He I've lost heard, all his skill, I've heard guys. Brett Favre, Brett yeah. Favre, gunslinger, guy can just—he's you put him, he'll put the team on his back. And I think, who knows what happened? Did the guy get in the weight room since the end of last year and get so big and so strong that he lost some flexibility? He doesn't throw the ball as well. He lost a lot of weapons. They were just awful yeah. on offense against Iowa. And yeah. Iowa's always got a good defense. That's right. But you know what? Iowa's defense is nothing great. They are not great. He made them look great. So I didn't say, you know what, they're not great. This Something's wrong with this guy. And then last week, he's up against a, a Gardner team Webb. Gardner-Webb. He did go 22 for 32 for 328 yards. He had a much better game. But Oregon's defense is better than Iowa's defense. They have better players on, on Oregon than Iowa does. So I'm afraid of this situation and Iowa and Josh Allen and the pressure he has. He could be a number one draft pick. 
but he's playing with Wyoming. He doesn't have the supporting cast to really help him be that number one pick. And I think Oregon probably just destroy him this weekend. Yeah, but Iowa, I, I, Iowa took my, him apart. He my, looked my whole thing's the pace of play in the game. I mean, yeah. they're not going to stop. And Wyoming yeah. saying, "Oh, our defense is better." Well, good luck. You're not. You know, it's Oregon. Yeah, and, and you, it's hard to tell how good their, their defense isn't that good. But they they did play fairly decent against Iowa. They give up a couple big plays, and then they shut out Gardner Webb. It's Gardner Webb. They went two for seven passing. It's a team that loves to run the football. So they tried to slow the game down that you know last week against Wyoming. We'll we'll see. I you know I agree with you. There's it's supposed to go up and. Down. Down. Oregon's going to play fast. Josh Allen, maybe maybe when he gets so far behind and Oregon's playing prevent defense, Josh Allen has a big game and, you know, put some points on the board and you win late. And the other thing is we talk about football, football, football. Uh, and, you know, as, as you're sitting here, baseball playoffs are coming up and opportunities still exist in baseball. I know you're probably already working on hoops, Kenny. Hockey's coming up. We're all excited in Las Vegas. Uh, as the and, NHL and season's about to start o- October 6th, the first game uh, in the NHL for Vegas. So they're just day Exciting. in, day out, there's more opportunities. It's all a business. If you're listening to this radio show and you're looking to make money and treat it as a business and you have access to every line, understand how easy it is to win if you can be diversified, not just be looking at one particular sport. And listen, on the weekends, admittedly, Kenny, you're too busy. You're trading. You're making in-game moves. Brian's sitting there. He's watching every game. If you guys want to access this information, you want to follow these guys at theinsidersgame.com, at oddsxfactor.com, me personally at johnsyndicate.com. All you have to do is go to the websites, check out the offers, or for the first time for all radio callers, you can call, and you're going to get the first winner absolutely free. It's our consensus play. What I found is if you're on a game, Kenny, you're on a game, Brian, you guys do your research without the knowledge of what each other is doing, and then I happen to have it with my sources, that game comes in at a very high percentage. So 1-800-209-1679 to get the consensus play. That's 1-800-209-1679 because I think great minds think alike. I mean, if you're all coming up with the same information. And I would say this. it's The beauty of it is... Uh, you know, the SEC is a monster, and we see all these games on TV, and we know about the NFL. But there could be those hidden gems in the MAC or the Sun Belt. I, I would look at a game like Troy and New Mexico State, Kenny. Uh, every year, and, and New Mexico scored five points going into the fourth quarter and came roaring back, and it ended up 30 28, New Mexico State in New Mexico. That game's always like a field goal game, it's like the Steelers Ravens yeah. thing used to be. But these kids invest so much in that. Uh, here's a here's Troy's a good team going on the road as a six and a half point favorite. But you, you sit there looking at New Mexico State going, if they're going to have a letdown all year long, what game is it? Oh, you're right. That's a rivalry, state rivalry game. That is their biggest game of the year. Number two is UTEP because it's only an hour away. So they have those two games circled on their calendar every year. And you're you're 100 correct. And that's. You have to, you know, and the point differential or whatever you add to it's going to be different each time. You think of a guys coming off a win in a rivalry game, maybe it's a three and a half, four point advantage you give Detroit. Um, New Mexico losing a rivalry game, you know what? Their practice is going to be tougher this week. They got to be ready to play, and maybe you don't really take anything off the off the game because they lost. But I, I, I guarantee you. The team that wins that rivalry game, you're right, they're celebrating for a couple days. Their focus just isn't there in the next game. And then we talk about all the myriad of things that we can talk about, but rest and extra time to prepare. I mean, Andy Reid, right, we've known forever 
that he's a great football coach off a bye. I yeah. mean, that, yeah. everybody knew that. I mean, you know, little kids knew that. Yeah. But here, here you go. He had extra time to prepare for the opener with the Patriots. Then you said to go, oh, would they have a letdown? Well, wait a minute. All of a sudden, here's Kansas City. What has he got? He's got extra time to prepare because that was a Thursday night game. Doesn't mean that's necessarily well, the answer. Let, let me ask you, what do you guys think about time? You know, these early games, I was listening to a radio show the other day uh, with Brian, and they're saying not a lot of action on the early 9 o'clock games in Las Vegas. But when you're out, that's a 12 noon game on the East Coast. And so, you know, again, these students, these kids, they're playing early. That play has to be worse in the first half of these early games than in the second half, which is where you get a value of the in-game. You know, they're a little groggy, let's put it that way. And I would would venture, I guess Kenny will agree with this, we've seen that uh, clearly in football. We talk about the NFL teams, West Coast teams traveling east, playing a breakfast game basically on their body clock. But teams are so aware of that now. Sometimes they'll go in earlier, and the pros maybe have the wherewithal to do that. Hawaii's a great example with yeah. all the travel they do. They go and they they try to get there early. You know where it, it's still a thing, but you know where it's really. I mean, I'll never forget the game. Carol, uh, Cal, Cal went to Cal had the great a great football team. They went to Maryland, and I think Maryland just scored again. Yeah, I mean they got murdered. Um, it happens, it, but, but then it, it happens in reverse, though. So, yeah. I mean, Cal went to North Carolina in a morning game, and then Hawaii went six time zones to Massachusetts. Now, Massachusetts, but the entire world bet Massachusetts because that one angle right there, and it kept me off the game. I liked Hawaii, and I stayed off the game just because of that angle. Well, and I hear it. Just, I mean, the kind of things you think of between the lines, full disclosure, I follow the Bills religiously many years uh, you know, in Western New York. I, I, they're ordinary. And they're an ordinary football team. Uh, but here, I'm looking at the game this week, and these are the intangibles inside the game. Their new their head coach, Sean McDermott, was the defensive coordinator for the Panthers. If anybody knows what to do or what they may be calling, you've got to think that there's a, some modicum of an advantage for them, but the, to catching seven and a half well, uh, to cover the number. But the one thing I was, I was going to ask you, Kenny, uh, Carol, is there anything to this? Carolina played out on the West Coast on a late Sunday game. They had to fly back home cross-country. Monday's a throwaway for them. I mean, it's still a regular work week, but I think that even even that travel still upsets the cart to a degree. I mean, they're little yeah. things, but you go between the lines that could make the difference in covering a number. There's no doubt about it. There's angles everywhere, and you just got to try to find the right angles, the ones that work, how much their value is. I wanted to say before you let me go, that I wanted to call you after I rated the team out, but I think the Buffalo Bills are a playoff team this year. And you thought you're just saying that they're normal. I think their offense is above average. I think their defense is a little above average, and I think that I think they're going to make the playoffs this year. Well, running so stop. they you, got the you running. You said game. the Ra- Mike's back there taking all the Ravens calls. Ravens now are seven and a half on Sunday. Uh, so against the Cleveland. Look, we had Cleveland. I took Cleveland last week plus the 10. I don't like laying up. With it. And, they, and I had a small no, money line. No reason to. I had a small money line play on Cleveland. They lost by what, three, two three points, points. Three yeah. points. A, a buck to win seven bucks here at the window. So, you know, we had them plus the 10. And, uh, again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Cleveland's a rollover. Uh, no, no, uh, well, listen, Cleveland, we had talked about leading into the season. I don't know how many games are going to win. But I'll tell you what, they are going to be a mitful, and, and we had two perfect instances of it last week. Wade Phillips may be one of the greatest defensive coordinators of all time. The difference he's going to make with the Rams will be noted and will be seen. 
Greg Williams in Cleveland. This guy is a is a guru defensively. Yeah. I I don't. You tell me where they're scoring touchdowns in that Baltimore game. You're throwing the rookie quarterback Kaiser against a very good Baltimore defense, uh, and I, I, that's the lowest total on the board in the NFL, and I think rightly so. Well, yeah, it should be. You're right. You brought out some good points and and all true. So. Um, I agree with you. The rookie quarterback uh, is a drop-off. Baltimore, Flacco coming back for his first game. They were very conservative with him, and they're going to be very conservative because he's not a great quarterback. Um, I'm, I'm, Listen, I'm along with you. Uh, what about the Kansas City Chiefs? They come out on the opening day. They beat New England Patriots, upset them outright as a huge dog. Now they're laying four and a half against the Eagles. So, again, this is a game where I think every the public is going to be all over the Chiefs just because of what Brian said. They what do they look saw. at what, what they saw last. And to me, that could be another trap. Well, I hate laying four and a half. Well, let me hear in in on that because we, we touched on that, right? I mean, and Reed going against his old team, all that stuff. Just basically, you know, what you last witnessed, uh, I, I think the betting public's got it right. The highest total on the game, uh, it is steaming to the moon, and that is New England and New Orleans. And, you know, Kenny, I mean, you know, as long as you've been doing this, uh, you never see totals like this. But all of a sudden, it's 53 and a half the opener. It's up to 55 and a half. Uh, <laughs> how do they not score 70 points in that game? I know it's crazy, but the Saints went up and down the field in they the did. game the other night, and they would get to the three-yard line, four-yard line, and run it twice and throw it. And Breeze is your guy. Give him three passes into the end zone, they would have scored two or three touchdowns. I think they make that adjustment this week. Well, uh, th- That game, the track meet. And Minnesota's defense is, great. is way better, and yeah. their offense sometimes gets conservative. The first quarter was 3-3, three to three and both teams had the ball one time. And a home opener, and then New England. So, you're right. Both the worst two pass defenses in, in the NFL right now, the way they're playing, um, and two great quarterbacks. I, I agree that game. That total is going to go way up the uh, – what did I just look at? I wanted it's at to say fifty-five and a half. It's sitting at yeah. No, it goes up. I think it still goes up. Oh, and that's that's fifty-five and a half. I, I think it's low. I agree with you. I think it should be sixty, just because those two offenses. Mike, are you still there, buddy? I'm we here. didn't get rid of it. Listen, you're the man on I the front line. The Listen, what do you have to say to all the players out there that try to pick these games on their own? They can't get the right side of the point spread because their emotion is involved. What do you have to say, Mike? Since you're the one that's going to be taking the calls at one eight hundred two zero nine one six seven nine. Well, the bottom line is what happens is early in the day, everybody wants to bet every game on the board, and and then if they have a bad run on the one o'clock games they try to really double up and there's no money management whatsoever we always talk about this it's not about betting every game we don't flat bet we don't give the information we have a leverage on the point differential like kenny always says the bigger the line differential kenny spoke about that on 60 minutes go ahead (laughs) he did he did and you know we just want to be very conservative and give them a money management profile that it's not about the entertainment value we're here to give you the selections that the lines are the biggest misconception they're wrong perfect we could give you an opinion going forward perfect so give mike a call at the office and let, join us at johnsyndicate.com uh mike always a pleasure bud we'll talk to you again next week kenny white good to have you on board good to see you uh give him the number one more time 1-800-209-1679 your selections insidersgame.com kenny's selections oddsxfactor.com my selections johnsyndicate.com all right thanks for joining us on Sports Insider Radio. Check out sportsinsiderradio.com. Wish I would make on it by you. Roll on with some cage on queen. <laughs>
Las Vegas and at KSHP.com. USA Radio News with Jason Wirt. FEMA administration, Administrator Long is traveling to the affected areas, and the president will be making a trip to Florida on Thursday. White House spokeswoman Sarah Huckabee Sanders confirming President Trump visiting Florida tomorrow along with the First Lady. They'll be viewing damage from Hurricane Irma, but they won't say exactly where the president is going to be visiting. Sanders said the travel schedule still being worked out. Meanwhile, tonight, the president will be dining with members of Congress. Tonight's dinner guests, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck 